Well, we're back again for another episode of our podcast where we are trying to take the terms, the ideas, the thoughts that you hear oftentimes in a church setting or a uh, Christian environment and actually put them into everyday life, everyday existence. Oftentimes things uh, sound well in one setting, but then they don't get played out uh, in the real context. And so we've used terms like common space or in your everyday world or uh, beyond the church walls, those types of phrases into a reality of what does it mean to follow Jesus? And what does it mean to be in step with him? What does it mean to be uh, in a relationship with him? And, and how does that actually look practically when you're at home, when you're at work, whatever you may be doing? So uh, again, uh, just to introduce ourselves, uh, my name is Pastor Dan Hertzler. I'm the pastor at a church in Manor, PA called Refuge Church. And uh, I've got two guys with me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Mike. And uh, these guys help feedback and give feedback and thought to our discussion and dialogue. We, we don't try to wrap things up or say things in a, uh, in a nice little package. We, we just want to introduce or, or share or begin to have us think. And then uh, it takes uh, different thoughts to get that into a practical setting. So for some, that might be normal or what you hear us say because that's your setting, but others might have different ideas, and, and that's okay too. We really just want to get these dialogues and talking. Uh, the thing we've been looking at and talking about lately is the idea of the fact that we are uh, Christians who are living in exile, uh, the idea that this is not our home, and uh we are never going to, uh, the goal, I guess should say, is that we're not pursuing for a majority rule. Uh, we're pursue, pursuing uh, the kingdom. And when we pursue that kingdom first, um, yes, obviously other things should follow and other things could happen and, and would be wonderful, but that's not our prime goal. Our prime goal is to say, how do we live in the world that God has us in now? And, and what does that look like? And oftentimes we are the minority. Oftentimes uh, things don't go our way or we may lose out. But yet God still calls us to things. One of the things that he calls us to is, is how we see people and to really have a, uh, a heart, a compassion, uh, to have a real service mindset first with the people around us, even people that will disagree with, even people that we uh, in some ways may feel like are, are um, enemies of the gospel. Uh, we still have to say, well, what do we do and how do we handle that? And one of the topics or one of the terms you may have heard that have been identified with Jesus, it's one that people use quite a bit, even if they're not religious. Uh, they'll talk about Jesus being a friend of sinners. Uh, it, it comes from a passage in Luke uh, and also in Matthew, both talking the same uh, with John the Baptist. And uh, they're basically saying that people were complaining that John was this way and doing so, uh, certain things and it wasn't to what they thought John should do. And then they turned it to Jesus and said, well, now, Jesus, you aren't doing what we think you should do. And, and you know, Jesus basically says, you know, the Son of Man came to, to eat and to drink, and, and, and you complain he's a glutton and a drunkard. You complain he's a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And people have picked up that term, that phrase, friend of sinners, um, and then used it uh, in, in a negative sense there uh, to Jesus. But Jesus turned it into a sense of a positive thing that he is a friend of sinners. Now, the question really before us is, is well, what does that mean? <laughs> and it's, that's kind of what we're going to dive into here during this episode. Uh, Ryan, just kind of throw it to you. When, when you hear the idea of friend of sinners and also Jesus being a friend of sinners, what are things come to your mind? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple different elements, I think, of the friendship part. But I think at the core, it was the approachability of someone who would be considered a friend 
you know, obviously you might have good friends and bad friends, but friend in general, you could, you could go to a friend, right? You know, there, there was maybe not this, um, barrier of entry. Like you would go to like a, let's say a celebrity or someone, you know, of great power in whatever way it was. Oh yeah. We're just, we're friends. You know, I can just give them a call. (laughs) I can just knock on their door. So I think in that element, the approachability of Jesus for sinners to come to him, you know, he didn't, you know, shun them and turn them away in the same way that he welcomed the kids. I think when the, when the kids came running up and the disciples are trying to keep them from him, he says, you know, let the children come to me. Um, I think in that element, but you know, something maybe even that we might want to talk about too is, I also think with the disciples, it's interesting because Jesus at one point says, I no longer call you servants. I call you friends because friends know what the master's doing, you know? So I think there's this little bit of like, he was friendly, right? To these people. But then there was this element of being friend of God, I think is what Abraham was called, Mm. was something very deep and intimately personal. Yeah. It's fascinating to me that again, uh, first century Jewish culture, um, you know, has had a real um, separation between those who are deemed righteous yeah. and those who are deemed sinners. So mm. we don't really use those terms. We don't really call, but but we still do. We still have views of somebody that has it together and yeah. somebody that doesn't have it together. <laughs> and and sometimes that's economic. Sometimes that's uh, class. Sometimes it's just appearance. And uh, you know. Jesus to, to to think that he was again the the holiest of holy yeah. without sin and yet those who were with sin did not uh, feel they, they they had to stay away from him it's, mm. it's fascinating it really it's really a mind-boggling thing uh, that he, he's breaking down all these social statuses and these levels of honor and shame and, and things it's 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 really uh, amazing to think through uh, Mike what about you well I think that um uh, you know, I think it says that he's a friend of sinners, not a fan of sinners. Um, mm. To say it another way, he's he's a friend of sinners, but not a friend of the sin. Um, you know, a doctor who um, sees a, a cancer patient um, can be a friend of that cancer patient, but is certainly not a friend of the cancer and recognizes the need for that to be eliminated because it is killing. It is wreaking havoc. And, you know, Jesus is really God and really human, um, is able to see and know what sin does to us, does to his creation, not only to us, but to, you know, the rest of creation and how that has just wreaked a ton of havoc. And I think sometimes, at least in the West, we almost try to use that to justify, um, a big fancy word called antinomianism, which is essentially saying that, tell us, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It basically means that I can just sin and it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and that's not what the Bible says. Um, but what it does say is that like God doesn't just love you, but he likes you and saw you in your sin while we were still sinners. You know, he came and he saved us and, and he died for us while we were sinners, um, which is an amazing and wonderful gift, but we aren't supposed to stay there. Um, and there's a ton of grace, but like Jesus certainly does not celebrate our sin. Hmm. Yeah. It, it poses two really interesting questions, and, and um, you know, I'm glad that you separated the, the idea of, uh, you know, friend of, 
of the sinner, but not friend of the sin, um, because, you know, first off, we individually thinking um, can really allow sin in our lives to separate us from Jesus. Uh, and, and again, I'm not saying theologically because we know sin separates from Jesus and all that stuff. But just when we're in a state of sinning, we tend to want to not be near Jesus. <laughs> we we want right. to avoid him. We want to, um, you know, and then we have this feeling of, well, I need to clean myself up mm. before I re-engage him. Okay, I got to get to church. I got to have a few good days and then I can start talking to Jesus where if we really recognize that he is at his nearest or closest and, um, you know, I think it was the gentle and lowly book uh, by Dana Otland that, that kind of argues this idea that, that at, at our worst is when he's at our nearest or closest to mm. us. And, you know, I think we have to recognize first in this moment that when we are in a state of sin or we're a state of, um, you know, making bad choices again, how, however we, we identify that, um, we just can't, we just can't make that be something that, well, I need to stay away from God. I need to stay away from Jesus. Uh, it's almost actually a moment to say, I, I need him even more. I need my friend even more. Um, and so uh, I think that's something that, you know, uh, again, I don't know where you are right now as you're listening. I don't know kind of what's going through your mind or your life, but again, I just want you to, to kind of hear that. Cause I know I need that, uh, all the time. But the, the second part then is, uh, is is how do we how do we be friends with sinners? Um, and again, uh, you know, when I say that, I'm not saying that that means us that we're better. Okay, like I'm not saying we are the righteous one, and we have to lowly meet somebody else. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying how do you how do you f- engage friendship? With, with with people that are um, choosing to, to not live according to the to, to the Lord and how do you truly be a friend uh, in that moment um, you know kind of Ryan I'll, I'll throw it that your direction what what do you think are, are some helps or steps or what's your thoughts of just being friends to those who, who are walking away from or, or not in relationship with God yeah it's, it's interesting because we've been going through the book of Romans just with the youth group on Wednesday nights and you know, we kind of just were um, going through chapter one and to chapter two. And, and Paul kind of really heavily lays out a bunch of, you know, a list of sins, basically. And then you think he's coming in chapter two and saying, therefore, don't do any of these things. And he says, therefore, do not judge. <laughs> you know, basically, do not judge the people who are doing these things because you're condemning yourself because yeah. there's sin in you, yeah. likely the same sin you're judging people of doing, maybe in a different degree, yeah. you know? And so it's just like, I think it's the reality check of God is the judge. Mm. He really is, mm. um, you know, and, and our role on earth is, is not the ultimate judge. Yeah. So I think there is this level of compassion seeing that, I, I, you know, just Jesus seeing the, the lost sheep needing a shepherd yeah. Um, and, and I think too, just for us being able to see, Hey, that was me, you know, maybe I wasn't struggling with the same sin that they are struggling with or yeah. are living in, but just to be able to identify, Hey, they're just like who I used to be, you yeah. know, like I, I can see, um, you know, there's, there's no real unique of we were all equally sinful, yeah. you know? And so I think it is just this level of, 
you know, when the kind of walls come down of, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm holy. You're not, I'm clean. You're not. Yeah. And yeah. I think there just becomes this, this level of playing field of sure. You don't compromise who God has created you to be and who, mm-hmm. you know, you're to walk as, um, in Christ. But I think just being able to really connect with, Hey, I, I myself am so able mm to fall into the same patterns, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and who am I to, you know, say that you can't come near to, to me, yeah. you know, in that way. Yeah. I, I think, I think part of, you know, uh, what I hear you saying is, is really, it's that compassion, that sympathy, you mm-hmm. know, uh, obviously when Jesus looked upon the multitudes and he had compassion upon them, he, he yeah. prayed for the workers. Yeah. He said, you know, I pray that the workers will come. I pray the workers would have compassion. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a level here that we need to recognize to say, you know, I, I need to be approachable and I need to be a friend of sinners just for the sake of compassion, yeah. um, of humility in that. And then, you know, one of the things that I, I, I think through quite a bit is, uh, you know, what is the common good that I can mm. find uh, that uh, can connect and I can focus on it. If, if, you know, I can't change everything and, and I'm not using common good for, the, you know, society, but I'm just saying it, if I'm looking at a friend across the, the table, what, what are the things that I can connect with him? What are the things that we can agree upon? What are the things I can help out with? And, and at least then it keeps an avenue open mm-hmm. uh, for maybe at any time something else might happen that we can then talk about other things. So and I, I think just one thing too practical with, you know, the, the term friend of sinners being approachable, I, I really would say keep gossip out, you know, and I think it's so easy, right? You can come alongside someone who's really struggling mm-hmm. and then you love to tell everyone else what's yeah. going on in this person's life, you know, and I think like, you know, keep the gossip out. It's it's going to destroy that approachability. It's it's sin in and of itself, but I think it it destroys that that compassion, that approachability. Yeah. And and you know, again, I mean, there's you know, I, I forget if Mike or Ryan or one of you were talking about just the just the um the value of what a friend can be, the value of relationships that we were created for. Um, you know, Proverbs even talks about a friend is, is one who sticks closer than a brother. And, and so there's some part of that to say, I'm going to stick close to this person as much as I can, or as much as I can find that good in that, uh, because I don't know what the next is. I don't know what the future is. I don't know what will happen. Um, and you know, I, I think, um, you know, when we do that, we do that from a place of, I'm not doing it because I have, I have to, you know, have this agenda or I'm not doing this because of ulterior motives. I'm not doing this because, well, you know, that's the right thing to do. I'm just doing that because this is the people that God has put in my life. And the world really is, I mean, we're, we're seeing it over and over again, especially post COVID, the, the isolation, the, the levels of depression and suicide, um, just the unknown that people are, the world is in need of friends. And, and so we have to figure that out at the same time, we recognize that sin, as Mike said, is a cancer to people, and we're not a friend of, of the cancer. Uh, Mike, what about you? Well, I think it's interesting. Um, I was trying to do like a 30-second word study, and there's not enough time. But, um, you know, I think we use the word friend sometimes somewhat ambiguously. 
um, meaning that it could apply to someone that I have just met or to someone that I've known for years. Um, And the degree to which the relationship, even, you know, there's some people I've known for years as opposed to others I've met in the last three months that those relationships seem stronger. Mm -hmm. And so I think I'm struggling a little bit with what does it look like to be a friend of sinners? Not, uh, not from how I would function in that role, but even as, as I'm just listening to the conversation and how it's described. And I almost wonder if with the way that we talk about it in the West with that ambiguousness, if it might also be helpful to, I think you said earlier, be friendly mm-hmm. towards sinners. Yeah. Um, because a, a friend is like an ally, you mm-hmm. know, it's someone who, you know, comes in like Proverbs says is closer than a brother is, is, um, someone who does that, but people are not always receptive to that. Um, and yet I think that posture, that openness, which is really just openness to be hurt. If we're yeah. just calling a spade a spade, um, you know, is what we're called to do. Um, yeah. not just with the example of Christ, but you know, later in the epistles and everything, um, you know, they just double down on what he says. Yeah. You know, when someone wants to strike you on the cheek, turn the other one. When someone asks for your shirt, give me your jacket. Yeah. When someone, um, requires you to do a task, go another mile with them. Yeah. Um, which is where we get that phrase to, to go the extra mile. And I, I honestly think that all of this just comes out of a posture of, um, immense and deep humility. Hmm. If you two knew who I was apart from Christ right, and apart from what he has done, even over the last couple of years yeah. in my life, you wouldn't want to sit at this table with me, but what he has done and, 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 and the, the Trinitarian God, how, 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 how that work has been molded and, and, and I'm not complete. I'm nowhere near it. I, I recognize my own failings and things like that. Um, but that recognition is a privilege not a punishment because I think it allows us to see others more like God does, which then allows us to not have pity, yeah, but to just be friendly mm-hmm. and to recognize that I've done nothing to merit my salvation or my justification. It is only by grace that I've been saved. And man, this, this was great news for me. Yeah. Let me tell yeah. you the kind of news it can be for you. Yeah, and, and and I think you bring up a good point too, which we don't have the full time to talk about. Uh, you know, just uh, what is a healthy friendship, um, mm. boundaries that are involved. Uh, you know, one of the things I tell people all the time: no, no one really teaches you how to be in relationships. Uh, you kind of just learn it from watching. Sometimes you might learn bad patterns, and you got to unlearn those things. So, so there's some that are listening that maybe you've you have some unhealthy boundaries, or maybe you have some uh, unhealthy relationships. And so that word friend uh, maybe needs to be relooked at uh, and understand that. And so your 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 classification of friendly is good. Um, what is a friend compared to in our culture versus other cultures? And, and I think that's good to, to look at as well, too. I, I do think the bottom line in, in all this is, you know, Jesus says, you know, uh, I, I didn't come for the righteous. I came for those who were sick. I came for the sinner. And so there was an intentionality for that why he would. I mean, what's the famous story of Zacchaeus, right? We little man up in the tree. All right. And he goes in and he dines with him. And, and it was like this scandal because how in the world would, you know, 
Jesus. If he was a prophet, he would know who this man was. He would never spend time with him. And so, you know, that, but that was his, that was his intention. That was his heart. That was his passion. He, he left the 99 to go find the one. So, so I think we, we do need to have that sense uh, of compassion, uh, intentionality, effort, uh, care, humility, all those things. And, and against those things will be a level of pious pride, uh, self-serving, um, protecting our own, um, you know, locking our door mentality uh, instead of opening things up. So uh, I think that kind of thing is where I would love for you to just, just wrestle with, um, you know, wherever you are in this journey um, to, to start thinking, you know, uh, what did Jesus mean by being a friend of the sinners? What, what kind of heart did he have? And, and is my heart following in that manner? Um, am I am I one who is compassionate for those who uh, maybe disagree with me, or those who are enemies of me, or those who are live in the world, or those who are different? Like in any frame or shape, do I have compassion for them? Do I think too highly of myself? Do I think uh, I'm here and they're down there? Uh, those are questions we should be searching and looking all the time. And then. You know, one of the, I remember back, you know, uh, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but one of the big movements in churches was, you know, we're going to, we're going to build coffee houses and we're going to build gyms and we're going to build this and we're going to build that. And, and, and there was a sense of like, yeah, great. We have these places, but then, well, then is that just mean, are we ever going to rub shoulders with the world? Like, should we not just, instead of building things, maybe go out? <laughs> and again, that's very simplistic in the way I'm saying it, but that is a mindset that, that we should be thinking through. Am I, am I more worried about building those types of things than I am about going and just being to sit at a coffee shop, to go to the gym, to be involved in your schools, to uh, be activities at work or things like that, but just places that you are uh, putting yourself out to so that you can be in relationship. Um, again, if there's things that we can do, to help, uh, you can always email us at info at churchrefuge.com. Uh, we are not trying to solve everything, yet this is an ongoing discussion. In fact, even as the next episode will come up, we're going to be talking about just that idea of how do we partner grace and truth, which kind of flows right into what we've been talking about here in this episode of, of how to be a, a friend of sinners and not not a friend of the sin. So uh, it's just an ongoing conversation. and But we want to keep having these conversations, specifically in the world we live in where it wants to isolate or divide. We want to say, no, God's called us, uh, and he's called us into this space, this time, this year, and, and we, need to, we need to follow him in this way. Again, thanks for listening.